Good evening and welcome to the Community Call, a monthly youth workers conference call hosted by the General Youth Division of the United Pentecostal Church International and sponsored by your generous giving to Sheaves for Christ. This is Michael Lindsay. I'm joined tonight by our Youth Secretary, Josh Carson. He will lead the Q&A segment of our call. And if you want to ask questions of our special guest tonight, you can do so via Twitter using the hashtag AskGYD. That's A-S-K-G-Y-D. We're also joined tonight by our Director of Promotion, Justin Ranking. Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you had a great holiday season and are geared up, ready for the new year. We just had our midwinter meeting this last week with all of our youth presidents from across North America. Had an incredible time as we plan and strategize for youth ministry in the United Pentecostal Church this year, next year, and beyond. Since we last talked, we also have opened the housing for North American Youth Congress. An incredible uh, response this year. Uh, unprecedented is a word that we keep using the last couple of years. And once again, we've seen just unprecedented response in requesting rooms for Youth Congress. Uh, no telling how many will end up being a part of the event this summer. We hope that you are there. If you have requested rooms for Youth Congress and you are awaiting a response from Connections Housing, we appreciate your uh, patients, if you requested rooms and you did not receive uh, the hotel that you were hoping for, uh, we apologize for that. Un unfortunately, uh, there's not enough hotel rooms in Indianapolis. And just to give you a little perspective, 27 rooms, 2,700 rooms in downtown Indianapolis that have doubles. Uh, that's three times what we had in Oklahoma City, and yet we had 11,000 rooms that were requested. Uh, on opening day. So you can see how 75% uh, of the requested rooms would be outside of the downtown area. So we appreciate your interest in Youth Congress, your excitement. Uh, it's going to be an amazing event. We also appreciate your patience as Connections Housing works through uh, that process. This is call number six. We're thrilled to have you on the call tonight and appreciate your investment in the next generation through youth ministry, helping the GYD to achieve our purpose to educate our students in apostolic identity and to engage them in apostolic mission. I want us to pray as we begin this call tonight and ask that God would join us and be with us. Lord, we're so grateful for the opportunity that we have to serve your kingdom, to be a part of youth ministry in this very exciting day. I pray that you would minister to every youth worker who's on this call tonight and those who will listen in the coming days, that your blessings would be upon them, their ministry, their family. We pray your blessings upon their youth ministry. You know challenges they may be facing today, students perhaps that they're they're dealing with in, in painful situations they're dealing with. We pray that you would give them wisdom and guidance, that you would give them fresh vision and anointing for this new year and the things that you desire to accomplish through them in their youth ministry. We pray your blessings upon this call tonight, uh, that you would speak through our special guest and let it be a time of inspiration and practical instruction. We thank you for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to remind you again our hashtags. If you want to ask a question of our special guest, use the hashtag AskGYD. If you're just going to quote something that is said tonight that you find inspirational, if you would use the hashtag GYDTCC. It stands for General Youth Division, the Community Call. Very thankful to have our guest with us tonight, Andrew Cox. He is our youth president of the Louisiana District doing Fantastic job leading the district effort there. He is also a youth pastor of the Pentecostals of Alexandria in Alexandria, Louisiana. This is a busy time for them, getting ready for Because of the Times next week. And so we're thankful that he would 
take the time to join us on the community call tonight. He's speaking on the topic of developing personal relationships with students in your youth group, and especially in a larger context. And to just give you a little hint, next month we're going to be dealing with some specific topics, dealing with smaller youth groups. And so we're thankful to have Brother Cox on the call tonight. Welcome and thank you for joining us, Brother Cox. Thank you, Brother Enzi. And we want to give honor to our great GYD leadership, Brother Enzi, Brother Carson, and Brother Rankin. We look forward to what God is doing for the GYD under their leadership and uh, support everything y'all are doing and encourage y'all to keep doing doing what you're doing. We love y'all in Louisiana. I want to thank uh, Matt Woodward for putting all this together. Uh, great guy, good friend. Thank you for that. My assignment tonight is to talk about what works uh, developing relationships in student ministry in a larger student ministry and so I'll give it my best effort and hopefully I can help you and maybe in the process you can help me as well uh, my email is drewcox at pentecostals.org if you have any suggestions for me or if you want to ask me any questions later I'd be try I'll be delightful to help you in those areas I do have a suggestion getting into the topic for tonight uh, and that is to do what works for you um, I believe that comparison is a terrible trap uh, example a couple of weeks ago I noticed a successful student ministry in our state was doing McDonald's biscuits for Sunday and it's a larger youth group and uh, we we try to to stay doing cutting-edge things in our ministry with a large group and so uh, I was looking at that, and the, the frustration was we've been doing McDonald's biscuits for a long time now, uh, probably about 18 years that I remember, uh, doing breakfast on Sunday. So their major marketing tool was a breakfast on a Sunday, and what worked for them doesn't really work that great for us anymore because it's older. So get what works for you and put it in a process, and anything I say tonight that doesn't work for you or you're already doing it, uh, throw it away and hopefully I'll say something tonight that will, will help you. I do want to ask you a question. What is your goal in student ministry? Uh, I realized a long time ago that uh, my goal was not to be their favorite preacher. Uh, it wasn't to be their best friend. Uh, I, I made a, a choice to help them make positive life memories. Uh, I'm very, very competitive, super competitive actually, and I knew I wouldn't be the most eloquent speaker. Uh, I knew uh, I wouldn't be the most relational, but I, I knew that I could be great at putting them in a position to make positive memories. And so what works for me is is making memories uh, for our students. I can't remember when I preached six months ago. I know some of you probably remember every message you've ever preached, but I don't have that great of a memory. So I know if I can't remember what I preached on, they probably don't remember either. But we do remember a lot of great memories together. For example, uh, last year at, at our youth camp, we had a student that at about 3 o'clock in the morning uh, still wasn't listening to the rules and was screaming and hollering in the dorm. And I had a little conversation with him, and he couldn't understand what the deal was. And he just he looked at me and he said, Pastor Drew, I'm just making memories. And it, it caught my attention there that he was listening and that relationship that we had developed was a, a positive thing in his life. And even though at the time it wasn't a great memory and I was really tired, he was getting what I was doing in his life. And nothing 
is more rewarding for me in student ministry than a student sharing a God moment memory. And so just a couple of areas tonight, a few areas tonight that I try to challenge myself in and let you listen in on that is, number one, it's personal for me. Uh, I try to be in our, our group is a little uh, bigger than, than some, and so I try to, in my personal area, hit as many people as I can with that. So I'll look at a global approach. Uh, this year with our quizzers, we did a competition, and I was part of that competition. We learned the first 90 scriptures of the quiz this year, of the quiz material. And at the end of uh, that period, we had a quiz tournament. And it was I'm a big hunter, and that was a sacrifice for me because it was one of the better Saturdays of the year to be hunting in Louisiana. But I realized if I was going to connect and I was going to develop relationships, I wouldn't have the the ability to do it on an individual level, but I could do it on a, a more broad perspective. And so I did 90 scriptures and made a positive memory with them. And now uh, that opens a door to talk with all the quizzers. And just this past Sunday in our Sunday school, I was able to connect with them and, and tag in with all of them and ask how they were doing, what they were doing how their progress was coming. I also try to be very involved in our school clubs, fortunately in Louisiana. Uh, in the South, we're a little more open-minded in our, our school systems, and I have access to the high school and junior high and college systems. Uh, I do FCA. This past year, I was privileged to, for one of our high school football teams to, to be their team chaplain. So every home game, I would uh, go to the team and I would share devotion with them, was able to do that. Uh, we're challenging our students to set up P7 clubs. Just yesterday, I had a conversation with one of our coordinators to contact a few of our students that were leaders in our local school there to get that P7 club established and, and going and what we needed to do there. And I'm also involved at CU at the Pole. Uh, we send a team out to all of our high schools there to where we can reach those students there and be an example there. I also have what I call uh, ICU moments where uh, while I can't be involved in every student's life every day, I can at extreme moments be involved in their life. And right now I have a student that just lost a, a friend, uh, a brother, and uh, it's those moments that I, I'm there with them at, at all times and I'm, I'm close with them in those ICU moments. I try to set principles. Uh, my example, I realize, is a loud example in their life. Uh, I would say that 90% of my students would tell you that Matthew 6.33 is a principle that I live with every day. Uh, just this past week, I was talking with a student and counseling with a student, and uh, she showed me a, a picture of an image where she had been in another uh, service, church service, and uh, Matthew 6.33 was the subject that was being taught, and she said, I just want to thank you for always putting that as a principle in my life, and every decision I make, it comes back to me that you've always taught me to, to follow Matthew 6.33. So while you can't maybe touch everyone and every student all the time, there are some principles that you can live by and, and show them an example to them, and they will get it. I encourage you, if you are, uh, leading a larger size group to invest your time into your staff. Hopefully you have a team that is helping you. Uh, it's crazy to think in a larger group that you can do everything. I know we like to think that. I know we like 
our confidence in ourselves. But when it comes down to it, if you want to be successful, if you want to keep growing, it has to be a trust and a and a team around you and to invest in them. Uh, one thing our team helps me do is our interest groups. I don't like the word small when it's related to student ministry. So I'll say it one time, but we do small groups. We don't call them small groups. We call them interest groups, and they are interest-based. And our staff, our youth team, helps me accomplish that. They do it all. Uh, I oversee it, absolutely, but I'm just yes and no. And they, they put it together. It happens because of them, and it's been a great success for us. Uh, it, it really doesn't matter if you're a small, medium, large, extra-large group. It really doesn't matter. You have to have a team, I feel, and you have to trust them. It's important that you engage that team, spend time with that team. That is where I spend my time is with our team. Uh, spend just about every day talking to one of those uh, people on the team. They're an extension of me. Uh, they're part of my vision. They're part of what's happening. I'm always communicating. You can't over-communicate. I'm always communicating to them what I want to see happening. We do staff meetings once a month. Uh, I let them know how valuable they are. I build them up, not just by words, but by responsibility. I give them ownership. I celebrate with them when great things are happening. And it's just a team concept that we're trying to, to create and a culture we're trying to establish as part of our student ministry. Uh, on that, there are some frustrations because initially you can probably do it faster. You can probably do it better. But if you take time and then you invest in that team, invest in those individuals collectively you create an unstoppable force and that culture that's created is is a dynamic that can be seen and felt throughout the, the church as well communication is very important on that level as they are an extension of you and then finally I try to focus on the students uh, Wednesday and Sunday is extremely vital while I can't get to everyone I try to develop a relationship with them through Wednesday and Sunday and that comes through encouragement I try to build up their spirit I try to build up their soul I try to build up their mind I celebrate their wins we recognize students uh, for the great things that they've done accomplishments if it's in school uh, wherever it may be if they excelled somewhere in their life we celebrate them I try to cushion their fails uh, again, back to the kind of the ICU mentality. I just had a student that made a terrible choice uh, a couple of months ago, and now, as of a week ago, that student has recovered. And the quote that that they gave me was was very rewarding. Uh, you were there for more. You were there for me. I knew I could count on you. Uh, I knew you would celebrate me when I when I recovered, and I knew you would be there for me when I fell. So. Very important to, to celebrate their wins. Let them know that when they do fail, you're there for them. You're not going to judge them, but you're going to you're going to hold them and, and be there and protect them. You're going to build up their spirit, build up their soul, build up their mind. We try to give our students ownership. We have a, a student leadership team that is called Dive. I'm with them a lot. That's the the leadership part of our student ministry. They get a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with me. They're they're over a lot of responsibility on the student ministry side of things, stage set, series ideas, technology, anything related in the service, service structure. Uh, they do our student-led services. It's all up to them. And those are the important parts of our local uh, developing relationships that I try to, to establish with them. And then I can't say enough about 
what we do as a ministry through our student retreats. Once a year we do a student retreat, and that's a very intimate setting with them in which I can develop a relationship individually with them. We have unbelievable moves of God, just a great atmosphere. We take a weekend where we go off campus. We get away from all the noise, all the clutter. It's just a great time with them. We learn who each other is, just a, a great time of relationship building. And then this is a perfect year to establish some relationships because it's North American Youth Congress and we try to support everything district-wise and general uh, nationwide-wise. Uh, we're we're s super supportive of everything the GYD does. Uh, so we're pushing our Youth Congress here. I have students already that are so excited uh, bringing people with them. We're looking forward to it. AYC is another thing that we promote on a, on a large scale and where uh, relationships can be developed and they can come back and share with them. In conclusion, I think it's very important uh, in developing those relationships that you believe in yourself, uh, you believe in your team, you believe in your students. Uh, my favorite author said, he is uh, Louis L'Amour, if you need some, some book recommendations from him, I can help you there. But Louis said, you can't stop a man that believes in what he is doing. And so when it comes to developing relationships, I first have to realize how important I am and not trying to be cocky in that or arrogant in that, but I have to realize how important myself, a healthy me, is. I have to realize how important my team is. I have to realize, most importantly, how important those students are to creating a dynamic youth group, a dynamic student ministry, but most important, a dynamic relationship with me and that student. And that is all I have. Speaking there was the relational aspect. And uh, man, it was, it was just such great, great content. Well, Andrew, I do have a, a few questions for you. Uh, one of those questions I'd like to ask you, as you have gotten older, have you found it increasingly difficult maybe to connect with students? You're, you're like me in the sense you have done youth ministry for a long time. Have you found it maybe a, a little more difficult to connect with students? And if so, how have you personally worked through that? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, I think the, the biggest challenge for me, I had a child a couple of years ago, had a daughter that has absolutely captured my life and my time. So that was a major challenge for me. The fortunate thing for me is I'm a nerd. I'm a gamer nerd. Uh, I love sports. And I'm 34, but I'm like 12 at heart. So uh, the challenge has been to uh, understand that I'm 34 and I do need to, to grow up in some areas. But I just love being with the students. Um, so I guess the biggest thing that helps me is balancing how much time I spend with my family and then staying in relationship with those students and I have uh, a circle that keeps me in check on that because I can stay up all night long playing games with my with my students uh, hanging out with them we just have a lot of fun together yeah absolutely that's that's excellent and um, you know, I, I think it is important, since you brought up the sports, maybe it's important even for our, our listeners tonight to know that you, you did lose at basketball 
just, just <laughs> <laughs> no. I did. I did. I love your answer. Love your response, and that's one thing that I've got to see firsthand is that you are just engaging with the students that you're you're with, whether it's there locally or somewhere else at a camp, and, and that's always been impressive to me. But let me ask you this: This is something that so many on the call would would want to hear from a veteran. How do you personally handle curriculum when you when you come to dealing with content or curriculum for for teaching? And I, I recognize we're dealing with a very uh, unique situation there, possibly with you. But could you maybe just give a couple insights to the way that you handle it there? Absolutely. Uh, I mentioned earlier our uh, the dive team. They helped me with our series ideas. Uh, the past couple of years, I've done a series every month. This year, I'm doing, you now this is on Wednesday nights because our student ministry does Wednesday night uh, separate from the adults. So uh, they helped me with those series. This year, I'm just doing four really, really big series. It'll be six weeks long, and they're helping me with that. But on Sunday mornings, we do Sunday school. And uh, fortunately for us, we have the discipleship project at our fingertips now, thanks to uh, the UPCI and so uh, we purchased that from headquarters and on Sunday mornings we we put that into practice uh, and that I I think that is very applicable to any size group and the the content is there is just fantastic so uh, we support that and that's what we put in, and our students love it uh, all the content that comes with it the media it's, it's fantastic and that's that's excellent feedback for you know somebody listening to the call or somebody that's going to listen to the podcast later on that's wondered you know with the discipleship program would that work for me through PPH so I appreciate that uh, that's something that people want to take advantage of. I know you personally, and so I know that you're a soul winner. I know that you're invested in evangelism. And I know that that's just something that you live, that's something you are as an individual. But when it comes to your youth group, has there been, maybe you can point out maybe one of the most effective things as a youth pastor that you've ever done in terms of bringing growth or bringing momentum to your students? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think probably as a group, uh, Two years ago, we did a series on Revelation, and it was the most challenging series I've ever done. I'm not a Revelation guru, uh, but that was one of our better series of growth. It was the most positive feedback we've received on a series. We spent a lot of energy into evangelism. Uh, so as a group, collectively as a group, we we did that probably good but I'm always encouraging our students to individually be great evangelists and that comes in the factor when I'm in in the local schools with them and I'm a huge advocate of evangelism by relationship uh, for them to establish a relationship uh, with their friends and and create a life relationship with them and show Jesus who uh, who he is to them through that relationship. Absolutely. Building that relational bridge. One of the things I've been impressed with you firsthand um, and, and seeing what, you, what you're doing there, I think a lot of times what people have to remember too is, it, you know, one of the things you do great is just a consistent program um, for growth and momentum. I think that something you try to do there locally is just 
you have all this evangelism effort, but when the kids do come, you want a consistent first-class program. Um, and you guys are striving to do that and do it so well. So um, let me ask you one more one more question here. Have you, This is and this is the, the large question, and I think everybody probably has, but we'd love to hear it from a veteran like you. Have you ever felt like quitting youth ministry, moving on? Uh, a lot of people might not have recognized, you know, that you, you actually have, uh, uh, I believe, CPA. Is that correct? I'm not certified. All I like is taking the test. Uh, I don't know that I'll do that. That's a hard test. So you have an I do have certifications, uh, but I didn't do the CPA just because I was lazy and didn't want to study. <laughs> Ask, so, so here's the question, though, and, and I, I think I know the answer, but what do you do when you have those days, if you ever had, where you feel like quitting? You feel like throwing in the towel, walking away. What keeps you steady during that season of whether it's frustration or, or uncertainty or you just feel overwhelmed? What is it that's kept you steady during that season or that period of time? Yeah, honestly, um, I don't know that I've ever had an individual moment where it was – I'm, I'm done, I'm quitting, uh, and I think I can relate that. Uh, I've tried to create uh, a culture in my life uh, through an inner circle of guys, and it's, it's three guys who, when I feel myself going uh, down that path or getting tired or emotionally after I've, you know, two weeks of youth camp being led, I know it's going to be a downhill or... Uh, after a, a retreat or any, anything where I've spent myself, I immediately put my time in with that inner circle because I know they're going to recharge me. I know they're going to be a positive voice to me, and it's going to prevent me from, from thinking those thoughts. I, I don't think, for me personally, uh, knowing the the huge monumental call that God put on my life uh, it is fair to, to question or fair to think you know it's time for me to give up uh, I mentioned earlier I'm competitive I'm a bulldog so maybe not the question of you know it's time for me to quit it's time for me to move to something else but I do get tired I do get uh, you know how how am I going to do this that question arises a lot more and that's where those those inner circle guys make a huge impact in my life and prevent me from getting that thought of I'm quitting or you know I'm not going to do this anymore. So I'd like to put the the pressure on those three guys that they keep me and, and protect me from that. And then also a good hunting trip comes along every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and what great what great perspective and. Man, just what great practical advice. Um, it, it's one thing to say you're accountable, but it's it's another thing to have guys that can really not only call you on it, but make sure that you're living up to what you've said. And then having those people that are pouring back into you. I can remember when I was there with you after camp, you were talking to me about some things you had scheduled with a particular group, and no doubt that's even what you're talking about here tonight. So everyone on the call, take take note of that and make sure that you have people that are helping you replenish. Uh, Brother Andrew Cox, what an incredible, incredible time here tonight. Thank you for the uh, truth that you've shared with us and the great practical advice that you've given it, given to us here tonight. I want to turn the call over to our 
incredible new director of promotions for the Justin ranking, and I uh, want him to lead us out, give us a couple of announcements before he leads us out in prayer here tonight. Thank you so much, uh, Andrew Cox. We appreciate you taking the time to bless us during this community call. And I just want to let everyone know, while we've enjoyed this call, we'll be looking forward to next month's call on February 7th, Tuesday night, February 7th, with our speaker, Kevin Raposo, speaking on the subject of leading with a big mentality. And as we begin to close this call, um, let's close in prayer, asking God to help the things that we learned tonight to, to go into our hearts and our lives, help us as we navigate youth ministry in our local churches and with the guidance of our pastor and those friends and leaders, as Brother Andrew talked about tonight, that help keep us on the right path. So let's join together and let's just ask God to bless, bless this time. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the incredible instruction that we heard tonight. I thank you, Lord, for the community of youth workers that we feel called to youth ministry together and that we can share ideas and share experiences. We thank you so much for what we've learned tonight. I pray that you put it deep in our hearts. Bless every youth pastor, youth worker, uh, husband and wife that are listening here tonight or even on the podcast later, that you would just bless them, that you would keep your hand upon them as they try to help young people grow up in this day and age and to be apostolic and to live for you with all their hearts. We thank you so much, Lord, for what you've done tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining this call tonight. Again, mark February 7th for the next call. Our guest speaker will be Kevin Raposo, leading with a big mentality. Thank you so much. You have been listening to The Community Call. For other great youth resources, be sure to check out thecommunity.com. Thank you for joining us, and have a great night.